I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. KFI AM640, you're listening to the John Cobell Podcast on the iHeartRadio app. We're on from 1 to 4, after 4 o'clock. If you missed the show, you can pick it up on the John Cobell On Demand Podcast, which is also on the iHeartRadio app. And the moist line is 877-MOIST-86, 877-MOIST-86. And in 15 minutes, we're going to give away another $1,000. So there, you're all caught up. Oh, and it rained again today, too. Uh, we're going to talk now with... Uh, Brian Jones, he's the Republican Senate Minority Leader, and he's uh, put together something uh, interesting. Uh, it's a collection of uh, Democratic and Republican politicians, uh, and the plan is uh, a Senate bill, 1011, which is called, uh, well, it, it, it's titled Compassionately Clear Encampments. Um, it is modeled after the San Diego program, and it is to get all the encampments off the streets and sidewalks, parks, all the public areas. Uh, this, this destructive progressive experiment about having drug addicts and mental patients living in the streets. And then we've got to deal with the garbage and the needles and the feces. It's got to come to an end. I mean, it's been going on now for way too many years. And I think most people are sick of seeing it sick of hearing about the excuses and the reasons, sick of being told that they're supposed to uh, live with it or there's something wrong with them. So let's talk with uh, Brian Jones, uh, the Senate Minority Leader. Uh, Brian, how are you? Good afternoon, John. It's good being on with you. Thanks for uh, covering this very important issue. Well, explain uh, what would the bill do if it gets passed? 
very simply, uh, it would prohibit encampments in public spaces uh, such as open space, transit centers, and schools. So most public, uh, uh, most public areas, then. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the specific public areas, and, and we're targeting uh, these areas in particular because we, you know, the bottom line is here with this. Uh, it's, this is a small bill. This is a, uh, you know, a very basic uh, solution to some aspects of homelessness. It's not an overall, overarching, you know, grand panacea uh, solution. So we're trying to just keep families, elderly, and our children safe in the areas that they need to be to go through their daily lives. And as you've pointed out, uh, many of these homeless encampments uh, have become drug dens. There's uh, all, all kinds of illegal, illicit activity, lots of criminal activity that we just need to protect the public from. And I think that this is a basic step that my colleagues on the other side of the aisle should be able to join me in uh, in fixing. And it is a bipartisan effort at this point in time. We do have several uh, Democrat co-authors in the Senate, and we're hopeful that as it progresses, we'll get more uh, co-authors as we go through the committee process. So it prohibits encampments within 500 feet of what you describe as sensitive community areas, such as schools, open spaces. What, it, what does that mean? Define an open space. An open space uh, under current law is basically an undeveloped piece of property that a government agency could own. It might even be private property too, uh, but there's already you know, regulations regarding private property, but an open space, undeveloped uh, space that is either uh, for recreation, preservation, or health and public health and safety. So it, that's, it's a pretty broad sweeping uh, definition of government-owned land that so, isn't already in some kind of use. That would include the parks then, right? Uh, the parks are is, is a little iffy on the parks because those are developed and have a specific use so but the areas around the parks let's say canyon like for instance in san diego we have lots of canyons next to our parks that would be an open space that could be enforced and this would prohibit camping on sidewalks if there's a homeless shelter available correct if there's a homeless shelter space available then the cities and counties could clear homeless encampments on sidewalks now how what's the mechanism for clearing because often these people don't want to go so yeah, how, 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 so, would it, how would it work? I mean, who, who would this this would be a state law, but it would empower, obviously, the, the local police and the local officials to do the clearing. Sure. So one of the requirements that I think makes this bill uh, particularly special is it requires a 72 hour notification to the uh, people living in the encampment. So uh, if it's the law enforcement or if it's public health or another social services, whatever agencies going to come through and and do the enforcement and clear the encampment 72 hours before that they have to notify the people in the encampment and then they also in addition to the notification have to provide information on where else they can go that's legal uh, and hopefully a shelter uh, what services are available what um, you know what, whatever else they need so that we can compassionately clear the encampment and then also hopefully get them on the road to recovery. Okay, so you're going to offer them everything that a, that a city has, right? Where else they can sleep, uh, if yep. they need uh, mental health treatment, drug treatment, uh, shelters, they're going to be given all the information. Uh, now, what are you going to do if they say no? 
What 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 well, happens as a last resort here if they say no, I'm not moving. I don't want all your help. Yep. So on the 73rd hour, uh, at at that point in time, they can be sided with a misdemeanor or infraction. It's up to determine what they do, and then it, at that point in time, however the local agency wants to escalate it as far as forcibly removing them, that would be up to the local agency. My bill is silent on that and and doesn't prescribe those actions. You know, it's shocking. In, in the rundown of your bill, you provide some background information. And the state of California has spent $22 billion on homelessness in six years. To, and, and, yeah. it, and it's gone up 40%. There's now 181,000 homeless people. $22 billion increased homelessness by 40%. Right. Yeah. And it's just because California is doing everything wrong. Um, we, we think that we can solve this problem. And I say we think the governor and, and the leadership on his side of the aisle think we can solve this problem just by throwing more money at it. And that's not a solution. It, obviously, you're, we're going to have to put some money towards it, but you also have to have some well, accountability and some enforcement on this issue as well. Let, let me ask you this. Is it really that they think all this money is going to work? Because after six years, clearly it doesn't. Are they that stupid? Or is this all a big racket to enrich these nonprofits who are politically connected? I, I mean, in, I, I don't know if you saw, but in New York, they arrested 70 New York City uh, Housing Authority workers, 70 who took $2 billion worth of bribes. They were These workers were allowed to hand out $10,000 contracts to various agencies and nonprofits. Uh, the ten thousand. Yeah, no, oh, no, you should you should see this. So let's say that they had a ten thousand dollar contract. It was a no bid process, right? They could just say, "Okay, you win right. the contract, ten thousand dollars, but you have to give me two thousand dollars." And this collection wow. of seventy city workers stole over a ten year period two billion dollars. It was bribes and extortion, and now there are the, there's well, federal indictments. And I'm starting to wonder. There's got to be a lot of that here. Because that's, I mean, why why would everybody yeah. agree we should we should keep spending money on something that increases homelessness? Well, maybe everybody's well, on the I, take here. I think that comes down to the accountability pro, uh, aspect of this. And the, and the good news is right now there is an audit that was approved last year that's underway by the state auditor auditing um, a lot of these homeless programs to find out where the money is going, how it's being spent. So we're we're going to find out if that you know obviously in every government. In most government uh, situations, there's waste and abuse and then and oftentimes fraud, which you're pointing out there. Sure, I would not be surprised well, if that's happening in California. Well, I don't is, have any specific. Yeah, if there's waste and abuse and it's happening behind closed doors, that's one thing. But if it leads to, you know, 70,000 people in L.A. County living on the streets and they're living on that's the streets nice. because there's money in it for all these agencies and nonprofits – that's an entirely different situation. Sure. And I think a, a, a part of the ideology of the left on this thing is that, you know, just let people do what they want to do, uh, spend the money you know, to say that you're offering rehabilitative services, which really the government isn't, um, and just feel good about being a do-gooder and giving away other people's money. Yeah. Obviously, you and I agree that's not a solution. No. So we need accountability from the person who's receiving the help but we also need accountability on the organizations that are offering the help and doing help. And look, there's—I I, want to be clear that there in California, 
there are some stand-up organizations that are doing good work and using the money properly and helping people get well and get off the streets. And that's the those are the organizations we want to expand their influence. And the ones, like you pointed out, that are either just being dumb about it or actively being corrupt about it are the ones that we need to shut down. What are the uh, what are the chances of getting this through? I know you have some Democrats on your list supporting this and co-sponsoring it, but uh, you know that, that that that's a huge Democratic majority they have. Are you think yeah. you're going to get most of the Democrats to go along with this? I, I think we've got a good shot at it. We we really listened to, and if you remember from last year, the bill that I introduced last year on the Public Safety Committee, none of the Democrats voted no; they just didn't vote yes. So they they know there's a problem. They just weren't convinced yet that this was moving in the right direction. So we took, uh, we listened to what they had to say in the committee and uh, private conversations outside of that, what some of the advocates that opposed the bill last year have had to say. We feel like we've incorporated that into this bill. We've lessened the distance from 1,000 feet to 500 feet. We removed libraries uh, because that was a big concern from one of the sensitive areas. And we have more co-authors this year than last year. And I think the political mood this year, my Democrat colleagues are, you know, they're catching on. Um, not all of them, but I'll, I don't need all of them. I just need half the Democrats to agree with me, and we'll get this out of, out of, out of the Senate and over to the Assembly. Well, Brian, keep us uh, in the loop on what happens with this thing. We will do that. And if you need more publicity, put some pressure on uh, some of these legislators, let us know, all right? Okay, well, let me share my Instagram page real quick, too. It's at S-E-N Brian Jones. Your listeners are welcome to follow me on Instagram. We'll be giving updates on this. Uh, Twitter and Facebook also at S-E-N Brian Jones. S-E-N Brian Jones. All right. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for coming on. You betcha. And more coming up. Uh, John Cobalt Show. You're listening to John Cobalt On Demand from KFI AM 640. Just to follow up on the conversation we had with Brian Jones, he's the Republican Senate Minority Leader who has a bill with the support of Democrats to what he says compassionately clear encampments. And this would get the encampments away from schools, away from open spaces, away from transit stops, uh, prohibit them on the sidewalks, give them 72 hours to get out. Uh, and and give them all the alternatives, uh, homeless uh, shelter, mental health, drug, whatever it is, you know, stuff that you know local cities have done. This would make it a, a statewide issue. But you know, I, I've 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 got to insist at this point. You know, I, I I do I do not believe. I mean, there's a few whack job progressives, but I've got to believe that these people know that their stupid ideology doesn't work, but they don't care because. Everyone they're connected with in the network is making a lot of money. And I'll just briefly run down the story we opened with. 70, 70 employees of the New York City Housing Authority were busted today for taking $2 million in bribes over 10 years. This is the New York City Housing Authority. Uh, these are people who had control over $10,000 or less contracts. If it's $10,000 or less in New York City, it's a no-bid process. And they would award you the contract, but you'd have to pay them somewhere between $500 and $2,000 as a kickback, as a bribe. So a $10,000 contract would end up costing $12,000.
These 70 employees got away with this over the course of 10 years, and they were all arrested by the feds. There's a couple of housing complexes in Harlem, Taft House and King House, uh, and that's where many of these employees were uh, hauled off in handcuffs. And that's what I suspect all this is about now, whether it's uh, bribery and extortion in this case, or it's just a, a great flow of money coming from the city to the nonprofits. Nonprofits are often politically connected, uh, and uh, they pay themselves six-figure salaries. I've looked up the records of these nonprofits. It's absolutely true. You go read Michael Schellenberger's book, San Francisco, where you know he used to be part of that progressive establishment there. And uh, basically, he switched sides, and he, he talked to a lot of his old friends and contacts and, and said, hey, this isn't working, right? You know it's not working. And they agreed, yeah, it's not working. But look at all the money that's coming in for us. They know it's not working. They don't believe in this ideology anymore. Maybe they did some years ago, but not today. It's clearly a failure. And all I got to do is repeat what uh, what uh, Brian Jones had in his uh, public uh, his his uh, release today is that they spent California spent twenty two billion twenty two billion, and homelessness has gone up forty percent in the last six years. Twenty two billion in six years increase of forty percent in six years. All right, uh, hey Deborah, there's uh, there's a health alert on cheese, yogurt, and uh, sour cream. Well, I don't eat any of those. You don't do yogurt? No, I'll do vegan yogurt that's made with uh, coconut milk or almond milk. What's in regular yogurt? That's a dairy. Milk. Oh, it is milk. Yes, no, I guess it is. I don't know. I never. I've never had yogurt. What? You've never had yogurt? No, I heard it's made with bacteria, so that turned me off when I was a kid. <laughs> well, it is right. Yeah. Well, it's it's. Yes. Okay, then I don't want it. It also has a lot of probiotics in there. Uh, that's yeah. I hear probiotics, but that that bothers me too. That sounds like organisms. Okay, but that sounds like something like you don't bacteria. think there's anything in your meat that you consume? You know, all those burgers and no, no, no. No, there's nothing in there. Okay. All right. Okay. Just want to check. It's only in yogurt. <laughs> uh. Anyway, this stuff is sold in Whole Foods, which is why I bring it up. Oh, of course. Uh, 61 products, cheese, yogurt, and sour cream. Uh, I think it, this was aimed at the Hispanic market because 85% of the victims are Hispanic. Anyway, it's put 23 people in the hospital and killed two. Why? Um, listeria. Listeria outbreak. And it's uh, it, it's sold in uh, major chains like Food City and Whole Foods. Uh, two deaths have been reported. Um, there's eight people sick in California. Uh, there are 13 brand names, including 365 Whole Foods Market. So it sounds like one of those generic uh, dairy companies right. that produces the same stuff under all these different brand names. It's targeted at the Hispanic market, and it's uh, it's killing people. This isn't good ahead of the Super Bowl with all these Super Bowl parties coming up. Think of how many dips are about to be at these parties. That's right. There's a lot of sour cream. Well, then you can just make guacamole instead. Uh, oh, that's fine with me. Yeah. Well, I don't eat that either. Um, so you're supposed to throw everything out. I, I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I forgot. Oh, let me, what are the symptoms? I had the symptoms listed here. Diarrhea. Uh, that's one, yes. 
Vomiting. Very, very good. Uh, okay. Dinky, yeah. Uh, diarrhea, vomiting, fever, muscle aches, oh. headaches, stiff neck, confusion. Yeah. A COVID fog? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you get long-term COVID, too, on top of it. Loss of balance and seizures. Ooh. So that's uh, that's all bad stuff. It's uh, they they patients have ranged from a year old to eighty eight years old. Oh. See, you think you're feeding your kid healthy food? And okay, well, I, I I don't think, and I could be wrong, but I'm not sure there's been such an outbreak in the uh, the vegan yogurts. Yeah. I could be wrong. See, but... Listeria is bacteria. Yes. Right. So, do you love Selena? Like really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to John Cobalt on demand from KFI AM640. We're on from 1 to 4, and then after 4 o'clock, John Cobalt Show On Demand. Whatever you missed, uh, you can uh, listen to online. And the moist line is 877-MOIST-86, so get to that. It's the only time you're going to be heard, 877-MOIST-86. One, one of the frustrating things, and I deal with this every day, and it, it wasn't this way just a few years ago, is that it's very difficult to get accurate information from any source. Uh, there is not one single... Uh, news site, newspaper, network that I trust anymore. Uh, it's because the vast majority of uh, 
the vast majority of newsrooms are, are, are just so infiltrated with, with progressive lunatics that they intentionally distort and lie about the news now. And they're in all the big newsrooms, L.A. Times, New York Times, the whole bit. Some of the right-wing sites, obviously, are completely nuts, too. And I sit here, and it sometimes takes days to understand a story because I can't get... I, and you, I just know it when I see it. I just can't get the straight answer. Here's an example. Uh, and and this, re this really affects dramatically public perception of an issue. So many politicians lie now. And so many news outlets are willing to amplify the lies. And you wonder why what you see doesn't match what you're hearing or reading. Like, I think we all see that there is a lot of retail theft going on because there are a lot of stores closing and they're announcing and saying, hey, it's because of retail theft. And you see a lot of things locked up in grocery and drug, drug stores now, especially in certain neighborhoods. And you know they wouldn't be doing that except that people are stealing things, right? You saw the other day Gavin Newsom with that stupid story he told about somebody walking out right in front of him, and he gets mad at the clerk because the clerk blamed the governor. She didn't know she was talking to the governor, but he's upset and challenging her. Well, why don't you do something about it? Well, in other words, why don't you go chase the thief down? No, you goof. Why don't you chase the thief down? The reason he's running away is your laws allow him to steal without consequence. Gavin Newsom is a lot of bad, has had a lot of bad moments. That was one of his worst. Here's a story, though, in, in the uh, National Review by Caleb Bartsch. And this illustrates what I'm getting at here. Uh, and, and she goes, she's, ta she's talking about a particular politician, uh, one of those squad members, a congresswoman named Diana Presley in Massachusetts, uh, who is angry because a Walgreens uh, shut down its store in uh, Roxbury, Massachusetts, near Boston. And basically, she, she said this was a, a racist act against the good people of Roxbury. Uh, except Roxbury's crime rate is 93% higher than the national average. And if you go to the store, you have a, about a 1 in 21 chance of being a crime victim. And But, but Presley screams racism because, you know, that, that's her game. That's her shtick. Well, it turns out that the amount of stuff being stolen has, has grown to unimaginable levels. The National Retail Federation said in 2022 that it's a $100 billion problem now. $100 billion worth of stuff is being stolen. Retailers report a 26% increase in organized retail crime. That was in 2022. And most, over 80%, said violence and aggression is now connected with organized retail crime. So violent, aggressive people are walking into retail shops and grocery stores, drug stores, and taking whatever they want. And if you get in the way, they'll beat the crap out of you. But this is the story in the New York Times from November. Opposite world. Lying. Is shoplifting really surging? And they had data saying that a, a shoplifting wave in the United States is exaggerated. Retail theft has not spiked nationwide in the past several years. If anything, it appears less common in most of the country. 
And they claim to have a report by the Council on Criminal Justice claiming that New York City is actually shoplifting is down 7%. And this is the big laugh. San Francisco apparently had one of the largest decreases in shoplifting in 2023. Now, we all know how many stores have left San Francisco. And they've left San Francisco because in part of the theft. If not the theft, just the overall criminal activity in the streets and all the, all the crazy vagrants. And the National Review explains, what is the, why is it that our eyes are telling us that there's a lot of theft going on? But the data says otherwise. Well, the fatal flaw in such studies on shoplifting is they rely on the number of reports that are made not the actual number of incidents which occur. In other words, a lot of shoplifting is not reported anymore. It doesn't do the retail shops any good to report it, so they don't bother. The California District Attorneys Association says 80% of retail theft goes unreported. 80%! Oh, my God. So take every re official report of retail theft and multiply it by four. And that's the real retail theft rate. Four times what you're hearing. But the New York Times doesn't talk to the California District Attorneys Association. They don't investigate that most retail theft is unreported. They go by the data. Gascon pulls that scam, too. Every time Gascon opens his mouth, he talks about data. The data is fake. And... Greg Totten is uh, the CEO of the California District Attorneys Association. And he says there's very good and compelling reasons for retailers not to report the theft. They've got major risk management issues for their employees and their customers. They're, if they try to stop somebody that's committing theft, they risk potential assault or worse if the person is armed. So retailers have made a conscious decision. Our theft rates are going to go up. We're going to have more issues, but we're just going to have to take the losses. And they have found that they could reduce store hours, minimize the points of exit, lock products behind you know, plastic uh, barriers, and it hasn't stopped the shoplifting. Target stores, the CEO said Target stores last summer had a 120% increase in theft incidents involving violence or threats of violence. They don't want to tell their customers, Target doesn't want to tell their customers or their employees that violence on their property is on the rise. So they don't. They don't tell the police. They have to protect the brand. You don't want people to be afraid to walk into Target or Walmart. These are supposed to be family shopping places. They don't want parents of the young people that work in the stores to know that it's risky for them. They don't want to tell their customers that it's risky to shop there. So the theft is simply unreported. You report a theft, it becomes part of the public record. Somebody is, is going to find out and count it up. So the retailers are refusing to talk about it, refusing to report it. And the rate may be 80% higher, but the New York Times lies about it. George Gascon and the LA Times lies about it. But we know. We know because stories are disappearing and they're issuing press releases. They're, the, they're, they're very cleverly worded, so it sort of seems like it's about crime, but they don't say it outright. 
And we see that it's a, I mean, you, you go to some, some drug stores and you have to call for an employee to unlock the, uh, oh, I had this, I had this actually happen Sunday. I got some batteries, you know, because we were fearing Armageddon and we needed batteries for the flashlights in case the power went out. So I'm squatting in front of the uh, the battery rack in front of me, right? The battery, and, and they have the batteries on hooks. And I'm trying to pull off these AA batteries. Oh, that's a fine motor skill you don't have. Uh, I don't. And, you know, they have these little red plastic locks. So you can't pull the battery packs off the hook. And there's no employees at this drugstore to help me. So I just tore them off. <gasps> I just tore the cardboard right off. You didn't. Yeah, and other people did too because all these battery packages were lying on the ground in front of me. Well, what's no one's going to do anything anyway? No, no, nobody is. But this is what makes life difficult. I just want to buy some batteries and get out. Right? I can't. I'm supposed to call somebody and they don't show up. You know, you got to wander around, look for an employee, look for a, a manager or something, and there's, there's hardly anyone available. The line is long at the at the cash register. You can't bother the cashier. You press the little red button. That doesn't do any good. So I just tore it off. Come and get me. I knew they wouldn't. I paid for it, though. Well, that's good. You did something that some others don't do. Because <laughs> I'm not a criminal. You're listening to John Cobalt on demand from KFI AM 640. We were mentioning this early on. We got a TV report that fleshes it out. Uh, Kaiser has told its employees in Oakland, crime is so bad, don't leave for lunch, really. Play this from KTVU and the reporter Henry Lee. It's just kind of scary in general, not even just to go to work, but just kind of coming outside. Ariel Crenshaw works for Kaiser Permanente, Oakland's largest private employer. The health plan has directed workers in Oakland to stay in their offices for work and lunch because of concerns over crime. Workers are being told to bring their own food or have it delivered. I do agree. Why? Because just their safety for their employees. You know, um, if you can work at home, work at home. If you have to come in, just be safe about it. In a memo issued last month and obtained by KTVU, Kaiser also tells workers not based in Oakland, don't have any meetings downtown, move them elsewhere, or have them online. It also says the Claremont Hotel in the Hills is the only hotel approved for business lodging. In a statement, Kaiser said in part, those recommendations remain in place for now. Kaiser Permanente is committed to ensuring the safety and security of our employees and physicians across all of our locations. We continually monitor our environments for concerns, review our practices, and strengthen them whenever possible. Many downtown merchants and other people who live and work in the area are taking issue with these directives. And it is a little upsetting to hear that, you know, because, you know, everyone's trying to thrive. Everyone's trying to, you know, make business. And, you know, it is pretty slow as it is. I don't think you want to discourage people from walking around and kind of give in to the bad elements that are running around. I think, I think quite the opposite. I think if there are more people on the streets, there will be less incidences. I, I think it's overkill. <laughs> Trauma's trauma. Um, but to live under a rock because something bad might happen. Um, um, yeah, traumatizing and yeah, it's right, enough for her. Way right. as well. Stop it. Stop. It would be a policy to destroy Oakland. And having a large corporation tell them to stay in the building and bring lunch from home is atrocious. So it's clear safety is in the eye of the beholder. It's not clear if these directives oh, from Kaiser it. will be permanent or not. 
Oh. In Oakland, Henry Lee, KTVU, Fox 2 Safety News. Is we not. didn't receive a response from the mayor of Oakland about Kaiser's decision to warn its employees. Mayor Shang Tao saying Kaiser is a valued employer and partner in addressing community safety. Oakland is making progress in addressing community safety in our business districts where many of Kaiser's facilities are located. It's a load of crap. All the crime is way up in Oakland. Way, way up. And if you have a company like Kaiser telling its employees don't go out for lunch and don't stay in any local hotels. Conway's here. Ding dong with you. Uh, you know, because of all the rain, we missed, uh, is it Toby Keith that passed away? I think it was right. No. Toby Keith. You know that song? Red Solo Cup. I fill you up. Let's have a party. He passed away yesterday. Yeah, I know. It's Seven people team. picked him in the ghoul pool. Oh, no, really? Yeah. Well, because he was, he was uh, very ill. Yes. But what a great career. I mean, just a, a, a really cool, sweet man that everybody enjoyed. And we need more of that, those guys around, not less. I'm going to uh, uh, try to pick up the, uh, the slack there. Um, <laughs> rain, of course. You know, it's raining. Yes. Right? I have nothing to say. Right. And I have a message for the rain clouds. So if you're not a rain cloud, right. you can go on the rest of your day and do whatever you're doing. But just for the rain clouds, stop. <laughs> we get it. Yeah. We get it. It's raining. You brought rain. We get it. Mark Thompson joins us, Very as exciting. usual. Nice to see you, buddy. I've been like, pouring over the maps for you, Conway. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Did, yeah. uh, did your house uh, slide down the hill? It did not. However, uh, many houses around me did. No, is that yeah. right? Yeah. Wow. Must have been a flashback to the fires. Yeah, yet again. Yes. Right. Oh, I'm the last neighborhood house standing. <laughs> so <laughs> are you ever going to live in the flats? Uh, I may have to. Yeah. Right. Maybe living in the flats by the time I get home tonight. <laughs> you can meet your house. It's crazy. Exactly. <laughs> That's wild. At the bottom man. of the hill. Pretty crazy. Your place is okay, huh, Conway? Yeah. I mean, I got a little flood in the backyard, but everything's okay. I was like, John. John had a flood in his backyard well, as well. Oh, but, you, but the basement's okay for you. Uh, yes. Because you have a finished basement. You put I mean, a lot of money into that basement. Yeah, but it's, all, it's all the sandbags. 40 sandbags. What do you have yeah. in your basement? Is it like a, like a uh, man cave? There's... Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of football paraphernalia. <laughs> there's like a... Or is it just clippings like of the LA Times? No, it's, 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 there's a den there. There's a, a game room that also functions as a studio. Okay. And hey, I, I don't want to get into politics, but what if somebody on this station uh, endorsed George Gascon? Wouldn't they get a lot of heat for that? From who? From from the listeners? Uh, from the listeners, yes. Yeah, a lot. Like, uh, like almost terminable. Uh, well, I... I uh, if somebody on the station said, I, I like well, George Well, you're leading Gascon. me to a trap here. You no, know, because the LA something. Times just endorsed them, or they did last yes, week. Yes, they did. Well, that's what they do. They're the editorial Yes, They're well, editorial You pages. should look at the list of people that they've endorsed. <laughs> yeah, that's where that's where they go uh, <laughs> they, lefty. They, they endorsed George Gascon while they were firing 170 people. Yes, they endorsed Gascon twice and Garcetti twice. Wow. So, I, I don't know why anybody would, would listen to them. It's odd. Yeah, and, well, well, that's, you know, again, that's the editorial page. Because I get the, I don't see anything any other part. But when boy, you turn that editorial page, you're definitely in, uh, you're in oh, Progressiveville. Oh, yeah. that yeah. is the Twilight Zone. Yeah. All right. Robin, what? You got a break? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't You're done? That. No, you're done. Oh, I'm done. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we got Crozier <laughs> with the news live in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. <laughs> hey, you've been listening to the John Cobalt Show podcast. You can always hear the show live on KFI AM 640 from 1 to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday. And, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Diosa. 
And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.